Hey there. <laughs> this is episode five of the Dear Textiles podcast, where we talk about the stories behind how textile work can change you as well as the lives of others, and how stitching and textiles in general can be catalysts for growth and healing along the way. I'm Betsy Greer, and in this episode, I'm talking to Shana Lee Hampton, an artist living in Portland, Oregon, who does amazing embroidery work including a street art project where she staples fabric to utility poles all around town under which she's hand-stitched messages conveying love, hope, and resilience. Shana Lee and I talk about her work, including a shift from pieces that people often called clever to work that saw increased engagement and people crying at her tables at craft fairs due to the vulnerability and authenticity and encouraged and celebrated, as well as what happened when she called when she started calling herself an artist versus a crafter, among other things. And I hope you enjoy hearing about Shana Lee's work as much as I did. There's a record button. <laughs> so thank you for agreeing to talk to me today about your work and what you're up to. So if you could kind of introduce yourself, tell a little bit about your work, share your pronouns, stuff like that. I'm Shana Lee Hampton. I use she, her pronouns, and I make embroidered art. Um, I have a street art project that I've done for a couple of years where I staple scraps of fabric with inspirational quotes uh, to utility poles around Portland. And I've sent stacks of them to friends in other places to staple up there. That's really fun. Um, and then I also, you know, sell embroidery online uh, it all, it's all inspirational, but not sappily so. <laughs> it's not like saccharine. Okay. It, I'm, yeah. And you've been doing that selling for a while, haven't you? Yeah, I've been selling embroidery online since two, 2014, 2013, 2013. Um, and I used to just make whatever I wanted. Like I was really into like Art Nouveau illustrations for a long, long time of women reading. So I would do these fancy hoops with those illustrations. I did these funny birds sitting on branches, you know, saying quotes from television shows for a few years. I. I've done a bunch of different things, but as the political landscape has changed, my work has become increasingly political. And even if it doesn't seem like it, it, it probably is. So how did the project start? Like, how did you go from doing like hoops to doing a project that was, oh, wait, I'm going to put stuff on, on like street poles, street poles, lampposts? Uh, utility poles <laughs> utility poles there we go I'm like what's the um, word well I had I had in the past just hung actual hoops on utility posts because you can right. almost always find a nail or a staple to hang something right. on just every once in a while I would do that just for fun 
Um, and sometimes they would last a few weeks. Sometimes they would get taken right away. Like it was always fun to see what happened. Uh, Portland has a huge street art community. And I became friends with a number of women street artists in Portland and was really inspired by them. And there is a Stitcher Ragtail. Do you know Ragtail's yeah. work? Yeah. Uh, she also puts her work out in the world. She'll tie things to poles and fences. And so I'd say like the street art artist that I was becoming friends with here in Portland and then her work, I think she's in England. Mm -hmm. um, they both inspired me. And one day I was just like, okay, I have this idea. Let's just do it. <laughs> right. And so I, I made the first one and I had a staple gun. I marched out of my house and the first utility pole I saw, I stapled it to. Mm -hmm. And I, it was like exhilarating. <laughs> like I was giddy and I just didn't stop. And... At the time I was really sad. My mm -hmm. very long marriage was ending and it was okay. It was, you know, it's a bummer, but mm -hmm. it needed to happen. Um, I was sad, but all of my friends were sad. It was like the, the dreariest January we'd experienced in a long time. So I just, I started putting them in places that friends might see and then it just grew from there. And that was pre-COVID, right? So that was- Yeah, that was in January of 2019. That was a, a more positive January than recent Januaries. Yeah. So. Yeah. So then, so then did they, like, I know that when I've done stuff for, and for like, and put it out in public, then it's kind of people been like, oh, I found this or whatever. And like, so, did people like, did people see what you, what you were posting on Instagram and connect it or did they connect it by just seeing it in the wild and seeing, cause it's still your style of. Yeah, it's still my style. Um, some people connected it. Some people like would see their friends post pictures of like, hey, I found this thing. And they'd say, oh, I think that's so-and-so. Mm -hmm. And they'd tag me. And that just kept happening more and more and more. And then in August of 2019, uh, oh boy, <laughs> I had a piece go really viral. Um, it was about gun control and Robert Reich, Robert Reich, I don't, I don't know how to pronounce his, the uh, former treasury sec right. secretary. Uh, he posted it to his Facebook page with 3 million followers. And he didn't, he didn't tag me. And I was mm -hmm. like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Right. And my friends were all so mad. They're like, but I'm like, no, like the message is more important. And also, like, I don't need three million people who might disagree with me knowing who I am on this topic. Right. Like, I, if people really want to find me, they will. 
So he did that. It went everywhere. Like people were telling me that like their great aunt in Maine posted it to their Facebook. Like I, I was hearing about it from, and like people were sending me screenshots of famous people posting it. It was like, it was a lot. And then it made the front page of Reddit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, but that was, a. there aren't any polarized voices on Reddit, no. no. Yeah, and like I've already, I'd already experienced some like harassment, mm. um, but it increased because a friend's husband was so excited. He was so excited. He was like, that's my, my wife's friend, yay. He like, he was like, that's my wife's friend. This is her website, go buy her things. No, no consideration at all for like what he had just done. Right. And about four hours later, I get a text from her that says, Paul has something to say to you. <laughs> like, okay. So he takes over texting. He was like, I'm so sorry. I was really excited. I posted your, your links to Reddit because I thought everyone should know who you were because you're doing great work. But now the Nazis know who you are. Cool. Cool. <laughs> but because of that, suddenly people who'd been seeing my work all over Portland mm -hmm. now knew who it was. Like, and we're able to connect like this thing that they kept seeing on their bike rides to work or whatever to a person. And like, I just, as many horrible messages as I got during that period, I was also getting tons of messages from people saying, hey, I saw this thing months ago and you have no idea how it changed my day or how it helped me through this thing or that thing. It was really lovely. And I, I get messages like that all the time. I'll occasionally have people stop and talk to me while I'm stapling things up. It's really nice. Yeah, they're really great pieces. And I think, have some of them been decorated too? Like Yeah, people, people have left flowers on them. People have like, you know, put, put their art nearby as like mm -hmm. companion pieces. It's really nice. And then did I... Remember right that you have like a spreadsheet that you I do and so so what is the I'm really I love systems and so what's the spreadsheet I, I need to know more about the spreadsheet like okay, so the, the spreadsheet has where it is mm -hmm. when I put it up uh who the quotes by and then I will update it from time to time like I, I will visit all of my posts all over town right. on bike rides and walks um, I did that yesterday, and so I'll update the spreadsheet and say whether or not it's still there. Have you heard from anybody that whose quotes that you used? Um, Liz Lenz, who is the never in my life if I love so many people as I with my whole heart as I do now mm -hmm. uh her I think somebody tagged her I think I didn't realize she was on Instagram and somebody tagged her mm -hmm. um Cheryl Strayed a couple times um 
I have other hoops that I've heard from the authors of the quotes. Mm. Rebecca Mackay, who wrote The Great Believers. I, mm. I There's an essay that she wrote a few years ago that I adore, that I, I've been making a hoop of forever. And I ended up sending her one. She ended up sending me a stack of books. Like, nice. Yeah. But you also, you have, um, you have a piece, I think you had a piece of Brianna Taylor that you were sharing every, yeah, every week, right? Yep. yep. And, and you were talking about that. So how does that, so was that one of the first pieces that you did that was more that, because you have a lot of posts that are about like love and hope and they're also about strength in those things too. Yeah. Um, I've been, she wasn't the first portrait like that I'd done. I've done a few of those over the years. Um, I did one of Erica Garner when she died. Uh, I did one of Emma Gonzalez Mm. after Parkdale. Um, did one of David Hogg after Parkdale. Um, Nia Wall or Nia Nia Wilson, mm. the girl that was killed in Oakland by white supremacists a few years ago. I did one of her. I've done a bunch of portraits like that. Um, yeah, but the Brianna Taylor one, like. Uh, it still just kills me. Yeah, I think you had one. Um, you had you had said something about how that I remember reading about how those posts about that got less likes because. And do you think that I think that there's like this thing in the craft community a lot of the times that like everything has to be happy yeah. and good and pretty. You see that in the quilt community sometimes. I think like Sean Kimber has gotten a lot of. Um, of pushback from people being like, why are you saying, you know, you're about your, I can't breathe or quilt, you know, that was Runner's mm-hmm. last words. And then um, people being like, well, that shouldn't be in this show because quilts are supposed to be happy, but there's a long history of craft being um, right. activist related. So right. I feel like it's kind of like, it's a big sigh of like, no, there is a yeah. long history. Yeah, I I had someone comment last spring when I was I was doing street art that said wear your mask or wear a mask. Um and I was talking in the post about the importance of wearing a mask and how it was community care and like we should all be doing this. And someone commented that they loved my art but not my preaching and at first I just responded that's cool okay and then I like 15 minutes later was fired up (laughs) and responded like actually no all of my art is preaching you are just not paying attention and you're choosing to only hear some messages but it's all preaching all art is preaching on some level and they deleted their comment and unfollowed me but you know I kind of been unapologetically me online for a long time 
and it's, you know, I'm happy and I'm sad and I'm, I'm mad all the time. I think that comes mm-hmm. through a lot. Um, and yeah, I believe in love and hope and, and perseverance, but <sighs> there's a lot to be mad about. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, in 2018, Sean and I went to LA on a road trip and, uh, it was the last weekend of an art show that Shepard Ferry had curated called Into Action. Mm-hmm. And I talk about this a lot because it was pretty pivotal. Like I'd already been making some political work, mm-hmm. um, but it was an all political art show and it, some contemporary, some older works. Like it was the first time I'd seen like a Karita Kent in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they just had like such a wide range of art and there was fiber art and there were sculptures and it was all just so inspiring and it completely reframed everything I did. I was like, oh, I, I'm thinking about this all wrong. <laughs> like, um, and I, I kind of stopped doing like the more pop culture Mm-hmm. lighthearted stuff at that point and started concentrating more on like the big feelings and political work which are tied 100 yeah. percent like yeah. you know I've been reading bell hooks for a long time like all about love is one of my favorite books I was gonna say that that I was gonna be like yeah that is I've read that book so many times I found it I was um uh, renting um from someone I you know living in her her apartment with all of her stuff there and uh, I guess subleasing would be the word and um and I found it and and it wasn't my book so I couldn't like underline everything but I was like this book is amazing and I yeah. have since bought several of my own copies that I have gone through some of them I have lost I maybe I hope that someone has taken them and then been yeah. like because this is amazing yeah but, yeah it's that deep well of love being a powerful force and yeah it's a revolutionary force and that if you tap into it 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 will change the world (coughs) yeah and that's I think that's what's amazing is that there's so much power behind it and it doesn't always mean being sappy and soft Uh, it's a there's a real strength to it which was yeah. and then her sharing her own life and about how her own experiences of love and what felt amazing and what didn't yeah and and uh yeah that book that book just gives me chills just talking yeah. about it because <laughs> yeah and like and I love I love sister Krita's work and I remember reading a quote about her that that was something about, wait, let me see if I can actually find it. Cause I've got it <laughs> screenshot in my phone. Cause it's so good. Um, pardon me. <laughs> um, but yeah, like all of the reading I was doing was like leading me down this path of like, if, 
you work on loving yourself and healing yourself, you can help heal everyone. And like that art can really be like a conduit to that, both healing yourself and the world. So what is that? Oh, sorry, go ahead. uh, And that, do you know, do you know the Jewish concept tikkun olam? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I think about that all the time. The idea that, you know, we, our jobs are to mend the world. Yeah, that's, it's really powerful and, um, yeah, amazing thought. So Um, like, how has your work changed and your, I mean, like once you made that shift, did other things start to change? Did your work change? Did who paid attention to you change? Like, like, because I think it's like, everything changed. Cause we live in such a weird world where it's like, you want to show up and be authentic. And I think in it, and then also some people worry about being authentic and then losing yeah. followers or losing. And I think it's such a weird edge that we, and, and I think that you should always be authentic, but I'm also not selling my own work <laughs> yeah. except for like books and stuff. So, um, so it's different. I, 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 you know, I never want to jump, you know, if somebody sells work and they're making a living off of it and it maybe isn't what they want to do, then if that works for them, that's fine. But I think that it's a weird. Yeah. Thing. I, yeah, everything shifted like with, so that was the beginning of 2018 and by the summer of 2018, I knew I, needed to ask for a divorce like I wasn't ready to do it I just like enough had changed for me by by that point that I was like if we stay in this relationship we're going to hate one another and that's not what I want to have happen um but like the way I was interacting with the entire world had changed once I made that shift in my artwork and the people, like I was noticing the people who were buying from me, like I was hearing different things from them. I was like, I was gaining a ton of followers really quickly, which was like freaking me out, but also like, I'm doing something right. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like seismic. Yeah, um, I found the quote. Okay. Uh, perhaps most significant of all, though, is her belief in activism. We live in a time when popular action seems complicated and confusing, and tense, simple, heartfelt messages ring down the decades. Because for her, there is no doubt about it. Feelings, and only feelings, really can change the world. That's yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I love her. <laughs> She's love amazing. Her. And, and it's interesting to talk about the shift so like what were people saying about your work before and then what were they saying like after like what was like what marks the shift uh well so two things happened the the way I was like talking about my work and talking I stopped thinking of myself as a crafter mm-hmm. and started actually calling myself an artist right um and I definitely noticed a difference in the way people were treating my work in that way. Like suddenly, yeah. like people were taking me a little bit more seriously. Um, I was no longer hearing, oh, that's so clever. 
I was like having people cry at my table at craft fairs and tell me like their life story. It like, yeah. That's I was a like, okay, shift. something happened here. Yeah. Um, and it was really uncomfortable for a while, but like I've gotten really okay with it. Well, I think that sometimes, um, I mean, I'm all for being clever, but anytime is now that anyone says, oh, that's so clever. I kind of feel like it, there's something about it that feels like you're making a dis- you're making you're distancing yourself from somebody else and other people and maybe that's because I think about like the 90s and trucker hats and I- and people being ironic and and like as a way to be and snarky as a way to to not share their own feelings or to do- and so um I mean, for me, like after someone who hid like my own story of, you know, trauma for a really long time. And then like, I wanted that distance, but then there became a time where I didn't want it. I wanted closeness and authenticity and stories and connection. And that was so much braver and beautiful and gorgeous of a space. It was like, I'd finally started letting people see all of me through my work and because like when we were still living in Chicago I was working at the synagogue and I very much compartmentalized who I really was versus who I was at work mm-hmm. you know my marriage as much as I adore him I was not my whole self in that relationship and that's on me but like we we weren't the right container for one another to grow. We just weren't. Um, and suddenly I had, I gave myself permission to like have the big feelings and process them through my work and let people see that. And it was scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also so good like I feel I feel really fortunate like yeah it's crazy to think that um that you know I'll be 46 in a couple months and thinking about like you too yeah yeah that's right and I think that like um what I find really beautiful about getting to this age is that like I feel I, like a lot of like Gen Z and, you know, I, they're like full on like being who, who they are. And that is so great. But I also see this beautiful space of people heading middle age and being like, what I was doing wasn't working and I need to start living who I am um, based on telling my own story or whatever. And that is such a beautiful yeah. space for some people you know, that may be rethinking their sexuality or their orientation or their gender or whatever. And, uh, or some people that's just saying that I haven't told the story about myself or whatever. And it's such a good, beautiful space. Yeah. Yeah. That I and never. So, yeah. yeah. So I, I've always like, when I choose quotes, there are always things that either are like, have been very special to me and helped me in some way or 
lessons that I need to learn. And so the like repetitive nature of stitching, like I feel like I'm stitching it on myself. Like it feels very meditative and like I'm making it a part of myself. And like, I joke that I've made the, we are all horrible and wonderful and figuring it out hoops so many times that like, I'm just like, that's the attitude I take with everyone. Like, you're great. You're an asshole. We're all the same. (laughs) And it's just allowed me like patience and grace with just about everyone. And like, I feel like that sounds completely ridiculous, but also like it's meditation. Mm -hmm. It's just taking a different form. Yes, when I started, uh, you were so very beautiful and stitching affirmations that was things that I needed to hear. And then I heard yeah. from people that made those affirmations, how happy making them made them yeah. feel. And then when um, when Faith Levine curated a show at the Fuller Craft Museum and I put a bunch of, collected them and put a bunch of them up and um, and I was standing there in front of them and someone came up to me and started looking at them and was like talking about the energy she felt standing in front of them and how good it felt. And I, of course I'm like, at first I'm like, is this a plant? Like, did someone send someone over here to tell me this, you know? But, um, so it was the first, even though I believed in all that kind of thing, but to hear this stranger be like, this feels so good to stand in front of these stitched things that are saying good messages. And so I think that your project is probably doing some of the same yeah I, I like to think so yeah and giving you good energy by making the pieces yeah yeah it's lovely I'm I'm really glad I got bored of making jewelry like a million years ago <laughs> <laughs> that's right you had a 3d printer in your basement I had a 3d printer in my basement and yeah like Sean and I used to make stuff together and I had like a whole thing before Mm -hmm. I started doing embroidery and I just got bored like trends were changing and people like weren't interested in big funky jewelry anymore and I was like well that's a bummer what am I gonna do now (laughs) right well so where are you where are you heading next what are your plans for the the future either you know big plans little plans ideas Uh, more street art. I have a couple of big street art projects in the works. Nice. Um, big political things that are Portland specific. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Things are th- things are bananas in Portland. <laughs> yeah. In so I mean, like, as far and so, how do you? because you've been involved in so much of the protests and the, the abolition movement and there was the prison, I, I guess, which ab, there are several different abolition movements, I guess, we're going on right now. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's been a lot happening. So how has your creative work fit into that? Has it helped kind of give you the energy to do it? Has it, or are they not, are they separate? They're, they're interwoven and that everything I do is connected somehow but I'm I'm gonna say that like the last few months doing mutual aid has has zapped me of most energy to do creative projects 
Mm. And I'm trying to, I'm actually taking a break <laughs> from doing mutual aid for a few weeks. So what's mutual to to, aid? What I make sure I understand that correctly. Uh, mutual aid, the, the work I do with uh, jail support is mutual aid. Okay. It's like charity that isn't charity. Mm-hmm. It's um, oh, I see. It's a different way of phrasing it. The, it's a different way of phrasing it. It's you know trying to directly help people right. with no expectations, with no uh, no real or- organization, um, just seeing a need and filling it. So it's what it seems like, and maybe this is because I'm this way too. But like, I feel like when you make work and you put it out into the world, one of the coolest parts is not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah. And seeing how people react, seeing how you react. And so is there that same kind of unknown quality in mutual aid that also inspires you to do it? Because I'm assuming you would see a lot of sad things of and then a lot of hopeful things and just a lot of emotions as well. So it's that same kind of unknown but but you know going in with the best intentions yeah 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 it's um i i i i want everyone to do mutual aid because like it it has definitely made me a better person and a more compassionate person and it's also torn my heart to shreds like and I've been actively recruiting people to do jail support. And I've had people say, like, I'm a really empathetic person. And like I've said, okay, this is going to hurt. Like, there are days that you're just going to want to cry. But it's also why you're going to be really good at this. Right. And you're, you know, uniquely suited to show up and help people if you are a really empathetic person. Mm. Um, But yeah, it's just the the last couple months, the winter was really hard here on the houseless community. We had a huge, huge storm in February that the city wasn't prepared for. And the city told people to call 911 on houseless people if they were concerned. And it was like, over half of all arrests in Portland are houseless people. So it was just bad advice. Um, It's yeah, it's just been a really hard few months and it's been draining and it like, I haven't had a lot of creative energy outside of having to get things done for orders in order to eat. (laughs) It's funny, I posted on Twitter like, something about how like it's okay to take a break I think that sometimes like there's so much of this like oh the hustle the drive you know like you need to go and and make your own business and hustle and work 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 but I also think that that does a disservice to ourselves sometimes and and I mean it can be great in some instances but I mean also I think that we also need to take a break and that's yeah, okay. we definitely need to take a break. And also, like, it's capitalism that tells us we should commodify everything we do. 
Mm-hmm. Like, and people should just be able to have hobbies that they don't yeah. necessarily want to monetize. Yeah. And like people on that tweet were like, I was getting like retweeted by all these people that like were outside of kind of the craft, like art, like, you know, community. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, oh, we all need a break <laughs> and we're in a pandemic. And I think that it's okay to kind of put your, your creative stuff aside for a while. I yeah. think that we're, because yeah. I think, cause it will find you again if it, it or will. Maybe, and it has like currently right. because I'm trying to recharge a little, I've actually had energy to do other things and that's been great. And it just felt like the priority needed to be doing that work for a little while. Yeah. And I think that priority is different, you know, for some people it's, you know, raising their children for some people, it's maybe taking on a second job to, to pay for bills or whatever. Like there's so, and so I think that we all need to give ourselves a big break on doing creative projects and then feeling guilty, guilty about not doing them. It's like, I'm not creative enough or I'm not whatever. And you're, that's still going into the, I'm not enough. And you're going to feel guilty about it. And then you're not going to do it even more. And, yeah. and maybe, maybe you need to take up gardening or maybe you need to like, just have more naps or maybe yeah. you need to just meditate or whatever. Like, you know, like right. I think, and right. it's also, we don't need to give it like, you know, you could have like five minutes a day that you sit down and you do whatever. And maybe that fuels you. And I think that if we think more about what gives us energy, versus um what we think we should be doing right I've been involved in kind of craft kind of art things for almost 20 years and part of me is like okay what aspects give me energy about this and what don't it's shifted yeah Yeah. and that has mean taking a break and figuring out where that shift is or if even that's like what I want to do anymore Mm-hmm. And that's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I know I'm never going to stop, but I needed a breather. Because last year, I kept making, like, I was forcing myself a lot and it was hard. And I was like, no, you make stuff and you feel better. That's how you work. And it was like, yeah, but I'd like a nap. <laughs> I'd like to sit on my porch with a friend (laughs) so I've been trying to to make more time to like talk to friends and spend time with friends and yeah and I think giving yourself that space yeah it's like once I backed off and stopped pressuring myself about what I wasn't doing and just started looking at what I was curious about then like I had all these ideas and I was like oh I could do this or this because I it's like you're just grinding the gears <laughs> down to nubs and then you're stressing yourself out versus giving yourself space to yeah think about things that you that are different than that same track that you were thinking on yeah yeah so yeah I've been on break from jail support, which has been good. Um, and been, been making stuff again so that I'm going to need to like just recalibrate and find the balance again so that I can do both and not burn out. 
Yeah, we'll, start, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> start, so your bigger projects, are they the same? I mean, is it the same kind? They're the of same thing? kind. They're just um, on specific themes and are going in very specific places that some logistics will need to be figured out. Exciting. Yeah. Um, two years ago, I also helped organize a large art show that was all women and then binary and femme artist. Mm -hmm. And once we can start planning the next one, we're gonna do that again. And I'm really excited because I've actually met a ton of artists I didn't know about in Portland mm -hmm. over the last year through the protest community and mutual aid communities. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm so excited to start this process again and have like all of these new people to, to ask to be a part of it. It's really fun. Um, and before, before COVID, a friend had approached me about wanting to do a show about mending specifically. Mm -hmm. And I was going to help curate and organize that. Like there were, there were multiple shows I was supposed to help organize last year, but I can't wait to start working on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's exciting. So yeah, like I'll, I'll continue to do my own stuff, but I also really love doing that because I like amplifying other people's work. It's, it's really fun. It's, it's really fun. fun. It's fun, especially and exciting to find people's work that you're like, whoa, I really yeah. want to share this and share yeah. what they have to say about why they made it and share. Yeah. Um, because there's so much, you know, there's so many stories and people's work about like why, why they shifted or why they came to something or about maybe their family history or something in themselves. Like there's so, all these different stories behind it. That's yeah. really fascinating. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's on the horizon for me. They'll probably all those shows will happen in 2022 I'm guessing well you know everything will open up it will be exciting we can travel again oh my god <laughs> oh my god I haven't left port the guy I'm dating lives just outside of Portland mm -hmm. that's as far as I've gone since the beginning of COVID is to his place like just across the border yeah. and it's still only like a nine minute train ride. <laughs> like, I've gone one state um, north. Oh no, two states south. So, but I've stayed in the southeast for 13 months now, which is the longest yeah. in about two decades, luckily, that I've been yeah. able to, I feel really thankful that I can say that. But, um, but yeah. Yeah, I, I'm itchy to get out of here. <laughs> Well, well, thanks for agreeing to talk to me in Portland. No problem. The last no time problem. I saw your face was in Portland. Yes, it was. Yes. So, yeah. so thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for, thanks for asking me. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed my talk with Shana Lee as much as I did. And if you want to find out more about her work, you can find her on Instagram at Shana Lee Hampton and also buy her amazing work. Sign up for her wonderful newsletter and learn more about what she's up to at shanaleehampton.com. 
If you liked what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast to be notified of future episodes. If you have a minute, either rate or share Dear Textiles as well. That makes sure that other like-minded people will get to hear interviews like this one with Shana Lee and more that we've shared already and have in store for the future. You can also subscribe to my newsletter as well and find out more about this project, including how to participate or be on our future show at DearTextiles.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back with another episode in a few weeks. Bye!